Hello, this is episode 235, recorded on Monday the 28th of January 2019 at 17.45 and 35 seconds. What's this episode about today? This is a regular episode, regular-ish about stuff I did or found interesting in culture and technology and want to relate or recommend to you. Once this podcast is done, I can at least delete some of those memory-hogging browser tabs I've been hoarding. But believe me, there's much, much more where that came from in episodes to come. Yeah, second time lucky, this is my second attempt at this episode. My current battery of ailments assisted me in completely muffing the last recording a few days ago. Oh, and yeah, for those of you who are tracking my health, because I've given up now, I have yet another new cold and confirmed conjunctivitis. I have been sick since October, I checked. I've been complaining in this podcast since about October, which is really an excellent way to fall behind my resolution of 52 plus podcasts this year. Come on, Roy, come on. And talking about eye-related thingamadoodles, I've just come back from the opticians with my bag full of spectacles. I have four pairs. I have two distance pairs of spectacles, my usual nerd specs, the trademark Roy nerd specs. One pair is tinted, sunglasses, and then I've got a pair for gardening because the big nerd specs just don't fit underneath the hat or goggles. And then I've got a pair for reading as well. You should have seen the look on the face of the dispensing optician when she came out with four pairs. (laughs) Hey, welcome to ageing. Oh, and before we carry on with the show, I'm going to stick to the current show title, Ridiculous As It Is, because it is as near as possible to the original title of this podcast, and that is Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, which is ridiculous, but I'm going to do a bit of voodoo on the acronym and maybe call it CRASH. (laughs) How does that sound? Sounds pretty dramatic. Okay, and let's do the show. Let's start off with Star Trek, as well as the return of Star Trek Discovery right now, and I am enjoying the new two episodes so far. We can also look forward to another two new Star Trek shows. Michelle Hio will continue as Empress of the Known, Dark Mirror universe, but now working for Section 31 as a Starfleet captain. It will be Spock-level fascinating to see how an evil semi 
cannibalistic eater of sentient aliens will function in the idealistic, utopian, striving federation. I think this is the role Michelle Yeoh was born to play. And yeah, I know she is a film star in her own right, but she did play those femme fatale, deadly assassin-type females before, especially in her Hong Kong film era, and I think she's going to be great in this. The Picard show, I know very little about, quite honestly, other than what I read in Variety. And in Variety, it says that it is to be a limited series, which I think is understandable at Patrick Stewart's age. I'm sure there are lots of other things he wants to do in addition to this, but I am quite grateful that he is coming back to play Picard. Back to Discovery. I just wish things were just a tad different in Discovery. I'm definitely not going to harp on about things like the ridiculous tardigrade slash mycelium drive. You came up with that. That's complete nonsense. Utter, utter, complete and utter nonsense. Okay, Gotham. Final season. Yep, it is finally, finally, finally the final season of the show I've been following on and off. I haven't been that diligent in watching every single episode, but I've watched most of it for years. And thank God it's going to be over soon. Though I will watch this last season just for the sake of completion and because I'm a fan of Penguin. The Punisher is also back as of January the 18th. It's the usual good, violent action. And for fans of The Punisher, Jigsaw has arrived. There's also another boss villain, though I don't really recognise him from the comics. But then I wasn't particularly religious in reading every single Punisher issue. And I think mainly I read the early Punisher, and then towards the end. There's a big gap in the middle. While it's good to see the Punisher again, I've always thought of Jigsaw as a rather weak supervillain. I'd have put him on the level of a slightly elevated henchman. But yeah, I've been watching The Punisher and Gotham, but they are kind of on the back burner. Game of Thrones. The final season of Game of Thrones is back soon. And if you are wondering when, it is back on April the 14th. So not long to go. The teaser trailer looks intriguing, but doesn't tell us anything at all which I think is a good thing, because you know how much I hate spoilers, even though sometimes I do inadvertently let out a spoiler. Sorry about that. You can see the trailer on YouTube, and unlike The Punisher and Gotham, I'm watching this the moment it comes out. Okay, give me a second. I've just got to put on my dinner, and I'll be back. 
what other podcasts can you get where the host slopes off to put the pie in the oven and then comes back to finish the rest of the podcast? Well, this kind of podcast, I suppose. Next, we have Wayne, episode one of YouTube's action drama Wayne is free to watch on YouTube. It's another fun, violent MacGuffin hunt slash road movie with tough protagonist Wayne. (laughs) Tough and very nerdy protagonist Wayne, who seems to have no off button or sense of fear. Yeah, I'm quite enjoying this. It really made me laugh, I think it was in the very first episode, where we watch Wayne pogoing to some punk or hardcore track, the same way I drunkenly pogoed to a punk song during my last birthday party, with my guests showing much the same stunned embarrassment as Wayne's friend. Ah, good times. The trailer for Wayne is on YouTube, as is episode one, which again is free to watch, though you have to sign up to YouTube's premium service to watch the rest of the show. Okay, moving on from TV to books. I've only got one book to talk about this week, although I have been reading quite a lot lately. I'm not ready to talk about the other things. Paul Zindel. If you're American, you may well know that name. You may know this author from your youth. If you're from the UK or other parts of the world, almost certainly not. He writes, or rather wrote, he is dead now, funny prose while tackling difficult subjects. The book of his that I read as a teenager, or maybe a tweenager, or maybe even a child, I'm not sure it was a while back, I really don't know how I got my hands on this in the UK, was a book called The Undertaker's Gone Bananas. It's one of those books that you just find if your family just has lots and lots of random books around. Maybe I got it at a book sale, a library book sale, or I have absolutely no idea how I got this book, but I do remember enjoying it quite a lot. The Undertaker's Gone Bananas is a YA young adult horror comedy thriller, as you can probably tell from the title of that novel. And based on this book... I cannot recommend this author enough, so try and check out Paul Zindel. You might have to go to A Books to find some of his back catalogue. And that's it for books this week. Let's move on to games and more cult. Are you looking for more CYOA-ish adventures? Choose your own adventures ish adventures while Netflix deals with a lawsuit from Chuzuko lawyers who are the CYOA trademark owners over Bandersnatch 
If you are looking for something extra to play because Bandersnatch has got you in the mood, take a look at Seventh Guest. Seventh Guest is not only one of the first CD-ROM-only games, it also boosted CD-ROM players into the stratosphere, making the CD-ROM drive commonplace in people's PCs. It is a 1993 interactive movie-style video game from, appropriately, Virgin Interactive Entertainment. You can find this game on Good Old Games, GOG, and, of course, Steam. Next, another little item in the gaming milieu. <laughs> I haven't used that word for a while. Howard Scott Warshaw's Yars Revenge video. Yars Revenge has already been well explained and made a retro cult game by Eugene in Season 7, Episode 11 of The Walking Dead. It is also mentioned in a 2015 Polygon article where they also point at a link to the 2015 Games Developer Conference where Howard Scott Warshaw gives a video presentation which is really interesting on the development of Yars Revenge. If you want to find that, go and have a look in the show notes, but again, just look up Howard Scott Warshaw Yars Revenge Video 2015 GDC. It's really easy to find, and it's worth a watch. And that's it for games. Let's move on to music. And although the following couple of electro and prog rock tracks aren't technically rave, they are certainly precursors, and I recently blasted them out in the middle of the night and danced around like a raving loony. That's one cure for insomnia. The first is Jean-Michel Jarre's Oxygen Part 4. This is a really well-known piece of music, but I very recently, I think about last week, re-watched again the BBC retro computing drama Micromen about the BBC Micro. And I heard that track as part of the generally amazing soundtrack of Micromen, which I think included songs like Nina's Red Balloons, all those 80s things. And yeah, I heard this Jean-Michel Jarre track and I went YouTube surfing to find out the exact name of that particular song because it's been a few years since I heard it on Top of the Pops. Yeah, that long ago. And I did find it. And yeah, it is part four. The reason you need to know that is looking for that particular thing. The one that goes... Yeah, anyway, that one. It is part four of Oxygen. And now I know... (laughs) 
And the next song I wanted to talk about is Tristan Fry and Sky's Takata. I came across this rock video on YouTube while looking for Oxygen. It was a bit lower down the page, and I decided to click on it because it looked intriguing. And as you no doubt know by now, I really love Johann Sebastian Bach's Takata and Fugue in D minor because it is such a villainous piece of music. And yeah, I listened to this. This is the rock version by a band called Sky. And the two notable performances are keyboardist Francis Monkman and a really amazing performance by virtuoso percussionist Tristan Fry. His drumming is really something to behold. And, oh, yeah. And it sort of helps that Fry looks like the typical nerd. He's got the big glasses and the weird hair. And he's really hitting those drums like in Whiplash or something. It's amazing. If you play this and crank the volume up, you can see why you can easily dance along to this in your bedroom in the middle of the night with the volume cranked right up, as long as your neighbours aren't too near. And they aren't in my case, so I am lucky. There is also a really interesting interview with Tristan Fry, who was a classically trained percussionist in Modern Drummer from 1984. <laughs> Before the internet even existed. But it is reprinted on the internet, so it's pretty easy to find. And the last piece of music, we're going classical this time. I really don't know where I heard about this guy recently. Eric Sarty, Eric Alfred Leslie Sarty, 1866 to 1925, was a French composer. He is famous for his, and I'm going to mangle this, Gymnopedi compositions. I'm almost certain I've got that wrong. Even though those sound really unfamiliar, the moment you hear them, you'll know exactly what they are, because... You hear them all the time, but you probably didn't know who wrote them until now. If you just Google Eric Sarty, almost certainly this will be the first piece of music you'll find. Why does he merit including in this podcast, other than the fact that I like listening to music and I like telling you about random bits of cultural stuff that I find, not just the pop culture stuff, but the culture culture stuff. Or rather, it's all pop culture anyway. The thing about this guy is that he was right up there as an absinthe swilling cabaret pianist. And just to complete the picture of what a total bohemian nutjob he was, 
and only slightly less crazy than Henry de Toulouse-Lautrec. His wife was a gothy model and an artist, and he was obsessed with imaginary buildings and umbrellas. (laughs) He has a portrait on Wikipedia called, in fact, The Bohemian, by an artist called Ramon Casas, in which he looks really cool. If you look him up on Wikipedia, you'll find a picture of him, and you'll read all about him, and you'll see exactly what I mean. Ah, the chap makes me want to wear a top hat. What a guy. And, yeah, well, that's it for the main part of the show this week. I'm sorry it took a while. I'm going to make it up, I swear, 52 shows. (laughs) You know what will happen, don't you? I'll panic at the end of the year and just do one show a day or something. Although I hope not. Yeah, so that was the main part of the show. In the after show section this week, I just wanted to help out my fellow creative writers. I found an article that tells you where you can pitch your articles for money, which is also a good thing. Who likes writing spec articles for nothing? None of us. It mentions sites like Slate and Modern Love and others, and it is at thewritingcooperative.com. If you just Google writingcooperative.com, publications to pitch, and they pay. Or you can find my show notes. And that is it for today. If you want to contact me, you can email me. Email roy.martha, M-A-T-H-U-R, at gmail.com. Please review the show in iTunes. If you like the show, recommend it to a friend. This was episode 235, recorded on Monday the 28th of January 2019. And the time at the end of the show is 18, 12 and 43 seconds. Thanks for listening and bye bye for now. Bye. Hopefully I haven't muffed this one, and I can salvage something out of this second recording. Don't you hate it when you have to record a podcast twice? But now, to the pie.